Jesus is alive. Yeah, it's, uh, man, what an incredible, incredible truth. Uh, Happy Easter to all of you, Uh, to those watching online as well. Happy Easter. Uh, Man, what a uh, good weekend it has been uh, here as we just took some time on Good Friday to really consider uh, the cross and you know, not rush past that, that moment of what, uh, what Jesus did for us, but also called us to do, uh, to carry our own cross and to, to follow him. And we've been on a study a journey uh, the last number of weeks, just talking about uh, Jesus' um, journey to resurrection. He knew before he faced the cross that he was going to beat it. He was going to rise from the dead. He knew. I mean, going through it, we see all these other you know, difficult things we face, and we kind of want to avoid them. But he's looking at the most difficult thing and just boldly, courageously goes towards it. He did it for us. It's incredible. Uh, and so what we were saying in the last couple of sessions was, what would it have been like to be there? And if we were there, who would we be most like uh, along, the, along the journey? And we talked about a lot of different people, like Zacchaeus. You know, who uh, just wanted to see Jesus. He was curious. We had, we had blind Bartimaeus who was literally blind but wanted to see. Uh, I talked about um, just some of the people that, that uh, on, on Good Friday, about um, Barabbas, who's the great exchange. <laughs> just happened to be, happened to be the right, the, the wrong guy, but in the right place at the right time. And uh, his life was changed forever. And, and uh, the gospel writers, they wanted the people that read the account of Jesus' life to feel like they were there. They, they wanted them to understand. They wanted people like you and me to say, okay, I, this is so clear. I really can't miss it, and I'm grateful for that. And so we're going to turn to uh, Luke's account uh, of some of the, the stuff that happened at Easter. And, and what I, all I want to ask as we go through tonight is, uh, and if it's daytime for you, um, the, how, how often they use the words see and saw and seen. They, these, were, these were people who were there. And Luke starts his whole, his whole gospel by saying this in Luke 1, verse 1. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. Many people. He's like, it wasn't just a handful, and they, were, they weren't just writing a story. He's like, many have set out to write about the things that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports. He's like, man, they weren't just like making stuff up. They, they talked to the eyewitnesses that have been circulating among us from the early disciples. Verse 3, he says, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I've also decided to write what an accurate account. I didn't fudge the numbers. I didn't embellish the stories. This is what happened, he says, to the most honorable Theophilus. Verse 4, why? So you can be certain of what? The truth. You're allowed to talk tonight. I know, Chris said you're pretty quiet, but... The truth, that you can be certain of the truth. Man, those are, those are words that are hard to find today. In today's day and age, it's hard to find the things that are like, man, I can bank on this as being the truth. But that's what Luke said. He said, I want you to know and be certain of the truth. And as I, as I read the accounts that, that Luke, some of the people he probably talked to, guys like Matthew, who was there, People like Mark, who was a friend of Peter, and we know that Mark wrote an account as well. We know that uh, Luke wrote the one we're looking at tonight, and then, and then John, John who was there, all eyewitnesses. I realized that there was one thing that all of them wanted to be, to be evidently clear in the account. In their story, every single one of them wanted one thing to be crystal clear, and it is this, that Jesus literally, physically rose from the dead. Literally, physically rose from the dead. 
There's attacks on that thought, even in our culture now, that, oh, you know, yeah, he, he, he rose from the dead spiritually. It wasn't really a physical, bodily resurrection. There's some who are like, I like to believe in Jesus, and I believe I'm a Christian. The whole resurrection from the dead thing, I, I'm not sure. And I'm like, the only reason we have Christianity is the resurrection of the dead. It, and and the, what they're saying is it's not an exaggeration. It's not a ghost story. Something happened. And that event has something to do with every single person who would ever live on the planet, including me and including you. That one event has something to do with every single person on the planet. It's why today you may be like, this isn't the first time I've heard the Easter story. Why should I bother listening? I, I know how it goes. But it has something to do with you today. It has something to do with me. And so I want to try and do what Luke was trying to do when he wrote his account. Picture what it was like. Can you be there? I'll even let you close your eyes today for this. If you're like, I can picture it better. If you fall asleep, well, hopefully not. But if you can picture it, what was it like to be there? Luke gives the names of real people. He's like, not just some guy said. It was like, this person from this town said these things. It was like, what about witness protection, Luke? You know, these people, like, they could be killed for this, for this account you're giving. You're like outing them. And they would have said, it doesn't matter. We're willing to give our lives for this. And many of them did. It's something we need to think about. Who gives their lives for a lie? But I think about, you know, maybe Luke gathers a bunch of them around. I don't know exactly how it went, but I know he's talked to, to these people. And he knows their names. And maybe he tells the stories. Uh, he writes down their accounts as they, as they tell their story. Maybe he starts with, you know, uh, um, Joseph and, and, and Nicodemus. And maybe you hear Joseph just telling his story, you know, telling Luke, sitting across the table, like, yeah, stop me if I'm going too fast, but, but he, Luke, this is how it happened. You know, we, we were there. It was, you know, Nicodemus and I, we, we, we're, we're, we're actually, we were like secret followers of Jesus. You know, we, our colleagues, they didn't really like Jesus. We couldn't really be out and, and you know, up front with it. But, but we were there. And I don't mean just at the cross. We, we were there before that. We were there at the meeting when all of the guys got together and they're like, man, we got to do something about Jesus. And then they voted that, yeah, we got we to have him killed. And, and, and Nick and I looked at each other and we're like, man, we're not, we're not for this, but we're outnumbered. And we're there when they go to Pilate after our, the fake trial and, they, and, and push Jesus in front of Pilate. And we're hoping, man, like our people have condemned him. Man, we hope Pilate doesn't. We hope Pilate doesn't condemn him. But we were there. And we watched as Pilate did. <laughs> declare him innocent. And we're like, man, he gets to go free. And then all of a sudden the tables turn and we hear the chants, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. We heard it with our own ears. And we watched as <laughs> he got scourged in front of us. And, and, and we watched as he got led down that path. And we were there as he breathed his last. Now I was watching from a distance, but I could tell, you know, with everything going on, the thunderclaps, the he wasn't breathing anymore. And he says, I just, my heart broke. And I, and I felt like, man, he doesn't deserve to stay on that cross. He didn't do anything. He shouldn't be there. And he said, I just had this idea, like, maybe I can go take his body down. They don't let bodies come off the crosses, but maybe Pilate will let me. And he so I went back to Pilate, and he recognized me. He had seen me earlier. He knew who I was. And I asked him, Pilate, can, can I have the body of Jesus? And Pilate was like shocked. He's like, is he already dead? I didn't think he'd die that fast. And so Pilate sends us, I remember he sent off somebody, he said, go check, make sure he's dead. 
When he came back, surprisingly, Pilate allowed me to take his body. Maybe his conscience was bothering him. You know, he knew he killed an innocent man. But whatever it was, he let me. And Nick came, and he helped take the body down off the cross. We, we took his body to that garden, and we took his body to that tomb, and we washed the blood off of it. But I can promise you, he was dead. And as we put his body in the tomb, and as Nicodemus and I, we rolled that heavy stone across the entrance. That's the last time I saw his body. That was the last time. You know, maybe then Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, pipe in at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, we were there too. We were there. We, sorry, uh, Joseph Nicodemus, you probably don't know this, but we actually followed you that, that day. We saw you take his body. We wanted to know where you were going. Why were you guys taking it? But, but we, we followed you at a distance. We saw where you laid his body. We saw with our own, Luke, write this down. We saw with our own eyes where they put his body. And we saw that they were wrapping him up. And we decided we wanted to go and get some spices, get some oils. We were going we to have our own ceremony over his body. And so as we went to, to find the stuff and shop, just time got away from us. And it was Sabbath, just was on the cusp of Sabbath. We, we, can't, we can't work on the Sabbath. We realized the sun was going down. It's too late. And so we went home, and we waited. And we waited the whole next day. Man, we were just watching, like, watching the, <laughs> the sundial just go so slowly. Like, man, this is like the, the one Sabbath we want over before, before it could be. And, and, and the next morning, got up early. Sun wasn't even up yet. You know, I was going to go alone, but, but Mary was there too. And so Mary came along, and then we saw Salome. And she came along with us. And we got to the garden. And as we got there, we could see. We could, we could see the tomb. And, and we had been talking on the way. How are we going to move that stone? And, and then we saw with our own eyes. Luke, write this. We saw. We saw the stone. It was already rolled away. And Salome asked us, like, are you sure we got the right garden? Because it's dark. Like, did we get the right garden? Because that tomb's open. And Mary's like, man, we were here. This is the place. She says, we went to the tomb and we looked. And there was no body. There was no body. We, we, we saw with our own eyes something we did not expect. We expected there to be a body, but we saw a guy. And he was shiny. And so we, he... I, I know you won't believe this, but we saw an angel. And he, he, he spoke to us, and he asked, he asked us this question. We heard him ask us, are you looking for Jesus? I'm like, man, we don't even we know how to answer, but yeah. And he, he saw it on our faces. And he says to us, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? I just heard those words, alive? What do you mean? He's like, why are you looking among the dead when he's alive, Jesus is risen. Go tell the disciples. Go tell the rest of them. He's risen from the dead. And we're, we're in shock. I mean, we don't know whether to believe him, but we know there's no body, and both of those things need to be told. So a couple of us, we run off to back, to the, back to where the disciples are. Mary Magdalene, she stayed behind, but we ran. And as we're going, as we're running to, towards the disciples to tell them, all of a sudden, we see him. Like, we see him with our eyes. I, we can't believe it. We're like, is that you, Jesus? He says, it is. I said, we just fell at his feet. We grabbed his feet. We touched his feet, and they were warm. They were alive, and so was he. And all we could do was just worship. And we would have stayed there all day just worshiping it, but he, he, he stopped us and just simply said, go. Go tell the disciples. 
go tell the disciples and Peter, I'm going to meet them in Galilee. And we're like, but Jesus, you're <laughs> alive. So we ran. We ran back. We got to the place where we, uh, <laughs> where we saw him and we, we told them. We were like, man, we saw him. We saw him. And then, and then Mary Magdalene comes in and she's like, I saw him. And, and we're like, we saw him too. She's like, yeah, I saw him. He's, and we all said together, alive. He is alive. We saw him. And Peter and John are there. And we move to their thoughts and, you know, maybe they tell Luke, yeah, <laughs> Okay, to be honest, when these women came in, like, it was early. We had a tough night, man. We, I, we shed some fishermen tears, and it was a long night. And they come in yelling in the morning, first thing, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And I'm like, man, these women, like, what, Luke, what would you think if you went to a funeral two days ago? And then these people come back and say, the guy we buried is alive. What would you think? He said, I don't know. I'm the one writing. What did you think? <laughs> well, we thought it was nonsense. You know, the whole bunch of us, all 11 of us, like, there's no way. There is, that is impossible. There is no way. But then John, he looks over at me. And he's like, Peter, what do you think? You want? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And we went and we ran and we went to see. We went to see. Write it down, Luke. We had to see for ourselves. John peered in, but I, I went right in. I just went right in the tomb, and I looked, and man, I was like, I could see. There is no body here. And I was like, man, grave, grave robbery? And then I saw the grave clothes. They, they were still there, folded neatly. Who does that? This is no grave robbery, but I have no idea what it is. So we left, and I, I went home, and I'm wondering the whole way, how's... Is it possible that the women are right? And we thought they saw a ghost, but is it possible? So we went back to the rest of the fellas, and we were in that room. And we were waiting in that room, and we got back to the room. I mean, all of a sudden, Mary and Mary are there. Mary Magdalene's back there, and she's like, I saw him, I saw him. She's still going on about it. We're like, Mary, it had to be, it had to be a ghost. It had to be a ghost. And then a couple minutes later, there's a knock on the door. And we're like, man, we've been like dreading that knock. We think it's the Roman soldiers. We, we go to the door and it's, it's our buddy. It's our buddy Cleopas and his wife. They, like, they live seven miles out of town. We're like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, you, you're not going to believe this, but we saw him. And they're like, Who, who's him? We saw Jesus. He's alive. He had dinner with us. We just booked it all the way back here to tell you we've seen him. Luke, write it down. We saw him too. And then just like that, boom, Jesus is in the room with them. Jesus is in the room with us. He's like, Peter's like, man, we looked around. The doors are all locked. <laughs> he came right through the wall. And we're like, man, we can all see him, but his body's like not exactly the same. We're like, nobody's bodies walk through walls. He's got to be a ghost. And John chimes in thinking, yeah, yeah, I know, but we thought that one other time before. Do you guys remember we were out in the boat and we're, we're rowing like crazy, this terrible wind, and then, then we look out, we're like, we see, we see a guy walking on the water. And what you guys all think? You're like, it's a, it's, a, it's a ghost. And we thought, nobody's body walks on water. No, no bodies walk on water. That's not possible. Remember what you did, Peter? Yeah, 
Yeah, I remember. I was like, hey, if it's you, Jesus, let me get out of the boat. And he says, I got out of the boat. And they're like, yeah, Peter, you walked on the water too, right? So we know, we know that bodies can walk. Peter, try and walk through the wall. Let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe you can do this too. And before he even gets that far, Jesus stops us all. Whoa, whoa, fellas, whoa. I'm not a ghost. They're like, oh, a talking ghost. He's like, I'm not a ghost. I am alive. He says, here, fellas, here's my hands. Like, look. Would you take a look at the holes in my hands? And we looked. And it says, when we saw, and we still couldn't believe. He could see it in our eyes. And he's like, fellas, it smells like you guys had fish for dinner. You got any left? (laughs) So Andrew, go get him some fish. And Andrew brings it back, and we give it to him, and we watch a ghost eat fish. And we're like, nah. No, no, the fish disappeared. His real body, really resurrected, was really in that room. And Luke records it this way in Luke 24. Then he opened their minds to understand. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I, I think Jesus is like, man, fellas, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. And he said it was this. It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. This is not new news. We, we tried to tell you this was going to happen. Verse 47, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. What is the message? There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And he says, and you are witnesses of these things. You know, shortly after that, these men and women would go and do just that. They'd go proclaim a message to the whole world. And Luke actually records their message. What they said about Jesus is written in the book of Acts. And you know what Peter didn't say? Peter didn't go out and tell people, hey, everybody, I knew this guy. Man, he could do some phenomenal stuff. Like, he is like, the, like a magician. He could turn water into wine. You know, he could feed 5,000 with just one lunch. He didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't go tell anybody. He's like, hey, you know, we knew a guy who had the best stories ever. His name was Jesus, man. He would tell us stories about lost sheep. Then there was this one about a kid in a pig pen. Like, it was, that, that was my favorite. Doesn't tell him that either. He's like, we knew a guy who had the best moral lessons ever. If you would just, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He's like, this is, this is, the, this is the message of Jesus. He, he, he doesn't say any of those things. What does Peter go and tell? What do these, these people go and tell? Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bible, go there. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Underline some of it. It's worth remembering. He says this. We have that. Acts 2, 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. Like God was at work through this man. Verse 23 says, but God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was actually carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, what's the word? You. You nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. Verse 33, now he's exalted the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us, just as you see and hear today. He was dead, but now he's not. He was dead, but now he's not. 
And Acts 2, verse 36, he says this, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom, what's that word? You crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. You know, I think people might ask, and maybe you ask the same thing, because he's writing this not just to the ones who speak, spoke, but Luke's writing it to the readers. Peter, why are you saying this you crucified stuff? Peter, why are you saying you killed him? It wasn't us. We didn't put the nails in. It was the Romans who did it. You know, Peter, you said you saw it. It was the Romans. And Peter would stop them all. He would stop us today, too. And he'd say this. No, you don't realize what was going on in that moment. That as he hung on the cross, it was a punishment for sin. Not his sin. He had none. It was my sin that he carried on that cross. It was my shame. It was my guilt. And then he'd probably look to each and every one of us and say, and it was yours too. You see, that's why the story matters for you and me today. That's why the story never gets old, because you and I actually play a part in this and may never have realized it, that God raised Jesus from the dead to reveal the truth that, <laughs> that sin needed a sacrifice and only one could beat it. Only one could beat it, and it was him. And the question is this. If it was our sin that held him there, if it was our shame and guilt that nailed him there, then what are we going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Because that is the most important question you can ever answer on this planet because this had nothing to do with religion. This had nothing to do with, you know, oh, I attended church on Easter. This had everything to do with what are you going to do with this truth in Acts chapter 2, I could probably tell you, you know, here's what I think you should do, but I don't want to do that. Tonight, I just want to tell you, here's what the eyewitnesses said. Here's what the eyewitnesses thought you should do, and we'll leave it at that. Peter would have said this, Acts 2, 37, he says, when they asked Peter's words, or when he explained this, that it was their sin, and they're like, oh, I realize that Peter, his words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What do I do with this? And Peter told them this in the next verse. He replied, each of you, each of you individually must repent of your sins, turn to God and be baptized, which means the word immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. What? For the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we forget that part. It wasn't just forgiveness of sins. He wants you to receive his spirit. What is it? What's those words? Repent means change your mind about sin. Change your mind about the way we do life, about, about success, what makes success, about who God is. Change your mind about any of those things that are not lined up with his. And then turn to God, which is this, I'm going to look continually towards him. I've been looking to the world. I've been looking to money. I've been looking to fame. I've been looking to people's approval. I just, I'm going to turn away from all of that and I'm going to look to him and then finally to be immersed in Christ. You know what happens when you get immersed, when you go all in? <laughs> That's exactly what the word means. I want, he says, man, you turn from sin. It ain't worth it. Turn towards God and go all in. Man, the North American church, this is the word that we need to hear uh, on Easter. And probably all the time is, have we gone all in? He'd go on to say in a few verses later, verse 40, it says, And Peter actually continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners. And I, and I won't do that. Don't worry. Uh, Save yourselves from this crooked generation, he says. And I'm like, man, Peter, I thought you just said Jesus will save us. And then he puts these words, and they're not an accident. They're not a mistake. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. You know, not that we can, not that we can attempt to save ourselves, but by doing what he just said, repenting, turning away from sin, turning towards God and going all in, 
He's telling them, listen, listen, <laughs> there's something more to this than just a prayer or just a belief. It's, you know, they were living under tyrannical Roman rule in that day. And maybe he would say to them, like the words of Jesus, hey, you don't like the kingdoms of this world? You don't like the kingdoms? He says, why don't you join mine? Why don't you join my kingdom? And today, man, for those who are all like sometimes get politically up in arms, oh, you don't, you don't like the kingdoms of this world? <laughs> why don't you join his? Truly join his, a, a, a countercultural revolution. You know, it says this, and then, you know, you don't like the absence of truth in the world. I don't know about you, but I don't. I, I can't stand the fact that, that truth is like, oh, it's just so watered down. He's like, why don't you just come and know the truth? Why don't you come and follow the truth? You know, you don't like feeling lost, confused, disoriented in life. Everybody seems to make things more. Why don't you just come and find the way? The way to live. And finally, you don't like feeling dead inside. Why don't you come find life? And it is not a service. It is not a religion. It is a person. It is a person, a person risen from the dead. John would tell it this way. First John 1 verse 1. He's like, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. This is who we're talking about, who we've heard and who we've seen. <laughs> there it is again. He says, we saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our hands and he is the word of life. John 20 goes on to say, here's why I wrote it. The disciples what saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written why that you, see it's personal, always personal, not a crowd, but that you, teenager, you, grandpa, you, you first timer, it doesn't matter that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that he is who he says he is, and that by believing in him, you may have life by the power of his name. And Paul, finally, would tell you this in Romans 10, verse 9 to 10. He says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God, what? Raised him from the dead. <laughs> there, there is nothing else. He's like, this is, what, this is what matters. He says, you'll be saved. Verse 10, for it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. It's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. And it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter who you are. If you'll believe on him as Lord and trust in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. You know, I think uh, Paul would go even further to say, if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, any other belief you have regarding Christ is useless. It is useless. You know, I, some would be like, I believe there's a higher power, you know, or I believe that Jesus existed, or I go to church, or I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm Christian light, but I don't really believe that Jesus, like, actually rose from the dead. Paul would simply say, then, then, then your faith is useless. And he even wrote to the Corinthians. He said, hey, he says, you know, if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead, then all of our faith is useless. We're still lost in our sins. And he asked them in that 1 Corinthians 15, he's like, hey, do you think I... <laughs> Do you, do you wonder if I believe it's true? Let me ask you this. He's like, why? Do you think I'd risk my life for this every day if it wasn't true? Do you think I'd risk my life for it every day if it wasn't true? He's like, I'm all in. I'm all in on this one thing, that God raised Jesus from the dead. It's like that old saying, all for one and one for all. Paul's like, man, all my life is lived for one because one gave his life for all. All my life is lived for one because one gave his life for all challenged by those words, and I think it's a good challenge for each of us always to remember, is all of me being lived for him? Is my whole life <laughs> to that place? Holy Spirit will continually be, be hemming us into that place. And then finally, 
here's the last thought. I can't make you believe, truly believe that Christ was risen from the dead. I'm not even going to try. But I know that he can. And if he opens your eyes to understand that truth today, then he's giving you the chance to choose him. And that the resurrected king will resurrect you. There is something powerful. And across this room, and maybe watching online, I know there's people who've said, yeah, that's happened to me. Everything you've said, I, I believe. I know I've experienced it for myself. Then there's one last step further. If we do believe that he rose from the dead, then he is God, and he is calling us to go all in. To go all in. He's the king of kings, and he deserves the throne of our hearts exclusively. You know, he's, <laughs> there's a, a guy who used to tell me, he's like, yeah, my wife's a Christian, and I'm kind of Christian light. And Jesus would say, there is no such thing. There is no such thing. And we do ourselves a huge detriment to believe that there is some middle ground of where we can just kind of coast in our faith. The cross says that's not possible. He was all in that we would be all in in return. And there is nothing else in between. All for one and one for all. And I would encourage us today to simply choose wisely. When he gives us that choice to say, man, you can be all in, that we would choose wisely. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of Easter. <laughs> thank you that you're truly risen from the dead. That means you hear this prayer even right now. God, you know the thoughts of every person in this place. You know their hearts and where they're at. Lord, I, I pray that a revelation, a revelation of the fact that you are truly resurrected and resurrecting us, that we would fully understand that we are on resurrection road as a result of what you have done. Father, I pray for courage as we go out into our world. May, may people see you through us. Lord, may your gospel truly be shared around the globe and around this country and this county once again because we know the truth. Father, inspire, I pray. Holy Spirit, I just pray for those tonight who are listening who don't know you. God, I pray you would do for them what you did for me. Would you reveal their need for you? God, I pray that they have that, that realization of how real you truly are. Lord, I believe for lives to be changed because that's what you do. I just want to say thank you for changing mine. Pray that you'd be honored in our lives, worshipped as you deserve from this day till eternity. pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming to celebrate Easter Sunday on Saturday night. You guys are like the Keeners, right? Like, this is great. Or you have plans tomorrow. But we'll think the other. Uh, and so the only question I have for you guys tonight to think about is this. What jumped out of you from today's talk? Just to take that home and ponder that one thought. What do I need to think about a little bit more? Because each of us are in a different place in our journey with the Lord, but he's drawn us closer to him all the time. And that closer to him simply means our hearts wider for what he wants to do in our lives. So thank you for this. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the elbow room. Go and just enjoy relationship with him this week. And we will see you again next week.